This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Holocron Histories, Star Wars canon versus legends. We're going to take a deep dive into the lore of the Star Wars universe. Hello and welcome to the Holocron Histories podcast where we talk about all things Star Wars canon versus legends. Um, I am Teacup, one of your hosts, and I'm here with my other host, Ben of Tamaria. So Ben, this is a special episode. We have some guests here with us. We do. We have our two patrons that we have joining us today, and we shall introduce them. We have Genesis. Or Genesis. <laughs> As she's Genesis sounds like trying to say Genesis, but you have a speech impediment. <laughs> yeah. You're Genesis. Not wrong. <laughs> yeah. So, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, like, the weather has got me a little down today, but. Like, on my drive home, I was like, I'm excited. I'm a little nervous. Uh, and I just like the whole good bubbly feeling that comes with that. I embrace my emotions and let them flow. As a truth would say. <laughs> and then we also have Toasty, or known as Darth Toasty on our Discord now. At least in our Discord, not the Robots Radio Discord. Not yet. No, oh, not yet. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have to have a different name for each podcast you go on. So, like, you need a Witcher. Well, his Witcher name is, wasn't it, uh, isn't it Toast? Uh, it's Toasty of Toasterton Villopolis. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a mouthful. And then and then on, on Genesis, is, I'm, I'm Beastie or Beast Mode. <laughs> so there you go. Awesome. So we are talking about fan theories. At least that's what uh, Toasty and Genesis. God, now I cannot say it. <laughs> just, just leave it. It's fine. I know. Fine. <laughs> but we are going over fan theories uh, today for this special episode. So, what fan theories have you guys brought? I know one. At least from Toasty, I know one of them. I mean, yeah, that's kind of the big one that we brought. We actually did some pretty detailed um, investigation, and I have, like, two pages of show notes. Oh, my God. <laughs> when, your just, get, when your patrons are also podcast hosts. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I would just like to say in true Sith fashion... Uh, what she means is that she did detailed research and I forgot to do it. <laughs> but we can just say that my apprentice did all the work because that's usually what oh, happens, right? She's the apprentice? Oh. Mm. She so much has said so the other day, so I'm going to just say. I mean, he is the Darth and I am just the Sith, so that would correlate, but I'm not calling you Master. You don't have to. Uh, that, that's weird. We're progressive Sith. We don't use terminology like that anymore. Okay. It's glad to. It's good to know that the Sith have gone uh, for some like reforms and updated their language. Oh yeah, for sure. At least this this faction of the Sith. Has. <laughs> uh, I think. I mean, the one that we did the most research on, I think, is one of those like really off the wall fan theories but that has so much detail to it that it could be plausible and that is the tale of Darth Jar Jar <laughs> the ridiculous yeah yes. yeah. It, it, it's funny though with this one it's there is so much you mean you could put it in quote unquote evidence that it is very plausible because mm-hmm. we also we also don't know what happened to Jar Jar after Revenge yeah. of the Sith, do we? Uh, we do. We do. Oh, uh, what the heck? That's I can't. Rem- well, 
we can get into fan theory, and I can tell you what I believe is either Legends or might still be in the canon. Okay. Um, but you'll want to hear the theory first, and then I can ruin it with what actually happens. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, the first thing was that his clumsiness is completely an act. Um, and he just... Like, the way that he moves around is actually very reminiscent of drunken monkey fight fighting style. And so when he's, like, acting all physically crazy, it can actually really be tracked to a legit fighting style. Um, and because he's so weird and awkward about it... Um, Qui-Gon immediately dismisses Jar Jar as unintelligent and Obi-Wan calls him a pathetic life form. So the fact that he instantly comes off as non-aggressive, non-threatening, he gets put into a category that he's not even viewed that way anymore. Yeah, and you know that kind of tracks because he also calls Anakin a pathetic life form who also turns out to be extremely powerful and deadly. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. I mean, what when we first meet Jar Jar too, like he now are, and this might be me being very forgetful. Do are Gungans can they jump pretty high, just being as their species? Jen can correct me because the theory things, but if the theory checks out, we never see another Gungan perform acrobatics like Jar Jar does no the only other time that we see it is when they're in the water and they're mm -hmm. doing like swimming stuff we don't actually see them being able to do that stuff on land and obviously you can be way more acrobatic underwater than you can on land okay that's what I thought hmm hmm uh, so uh, this has been seen as a hint that Jar Jar is force sensitive, yet he hides his abilities unless called upon. And that's why he is like the same way that we see um, Obi-Wan and Anakin do like these awesome jump flips and then spiral in the air and then make a perfect landing. Jar Jar does the exact same thing, but they just, people just dismiss it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been because I've been I've been revisiting uh, Clone Wars with my wife, um, who she hasn't seen it before, uh, and it's been a while for me, so I can barely remember half of it. But uh, I'm I'm on season one, and there's quite a few episodes with the Jar Jar doing stuff, and like it's uh, it's pretty crazy. I mean, the, there's one part where I think. Uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan get kidnapped by like pirates and when when they have like Count Dooku in their possession as well and they have to like go to rescue them or try to go to rescue them or buy them back um, and uh, they the clones just kind of send Jar Jar out by the tanks to like talk him down and he ends up in his typical klutzy crazy fashion um I think disabling two of them plus the one he's on and it's like and pl and he he seems to show a lot more intelligence than they typically give him in the movies too in like mm -hmm. the clone wars like whenever he like he like thinks things through actually pretty like it seems pretty intelligent in that aspect they just don't show it in the movies but it, it looks a lot like way different in, in Clone Wars so mm -hmm. I mean we kind of see that we see that klutziness in um, episode 1 when they're fighting the droid army and like mm -hmm. how he just you know took over a, took out a dozen of them just by like flailing around or like tripping it's like hmm is, is that is that just coincidence and luck or is that you know Oh, an act. And to go off of him being, you know, smarter than pe what people think he is, um, especially in the Clone Wars, uh, the series, uh, it's kind of believed that maybe 
Palpatine helped to orchestrate it all. Um, you know, uh, the events that led Qui-Gon discovering Anakin and Anakin eventually being corrupted and turned to the dark side were carefully orchestrated by Palpatine from the beginning. He had meticulously crafted plan that involved manipulating the entire galaxy and nothing was left to chance. Uh, Jar Jar's integral role in Anakin's adolescence and eventual downfall may not have been coincidence. He may have started out in Palpatine's eyes and ears on Naboo, only to get close access to the Chosen One early on. From there, Palpatine might have been able to further manipulate events right down to the death of Qui-Gon. Because, I mean, if Jar Jar wasn't there whispering into An little Annie's ear that, uh, you know, it's like, oh, I think you, I think Padme likes you. You know, like he was the initiator of that. It's also Jar Jar who tells Padme through a conversation that, you know, the Gungans won't go down fighting because we have a grand army, like to convince her to go back to Naboo. <laughs> and yeah, and more we're not and forgetting Jar Jar is responsible for the creation of the clone army. Or the usage of the clone army. That is true. He's the one who gives the speech and makes the motion to give Palpatine the emergency powers. Which is another one of the points. Toasty, you got to start reading some of this shit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what is? What? Yeah. What is? What is the policy on? She on said you? Seth. Every swear we will just add in R two D two screaming over it. Oh really? <laughs> That's incredible. That's actually incredible. No, we won't do that because Disney will probably sue us and tell us to stop. So. Yeah, I don't want to be sued by well, Disney. <laughs> just put a Wilhelm scream. It's fine. Mm. Everyone that else uses work. that. That's not just Star Wars. That's yeah, everyone. It's 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 all that's that one's free. I have it in one of our uh out uh break sounds, so yeah. Either that or it's called post production. Toasty, you really gotta start reading some of this Sith. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear, I can't. Uh Cool. What part of? Oh, thanks for highlighting it, Jin. That's really helpful. <laughs> um, at the beginning of Attack of the Clones, Jar Jar is revealed to have been elected as a junior representative of Naboo in the Galactic Senate. This is a major step up from the days when he was barely clinging on to his own skin. Perhaps his involvement at the Battle of Naboo was a test. Was in order to like. Oh, good further rank himself up under the eyes of Palpatine like see right. I was able to work this in Naboo and I made this part work out so now you can trust me to be on the Senate and I can further your goals even farther. So there's actually an in-canon explanation for his position. Um, oh. Sorry. but right, Ruin our hopes and dreams Jacob. <laughs> Go ahead. Gosh. So in the book Queen's Shadow, which is the first book in the Padme trilogy by E.K. Johnson. Johnson. Uh, so Padme, at the end, in a conversation with Mon Mothma, it's recommended to her that she appoint a representative from the other species of Naboo to help with her workload um, and representation. And so Padme basically says, I have just the Gungan in mind, meaning Jar Jar. So it is Padme who appoints Jar Jar to his ambassador role. Okay, but Jar Jar had to be there. Palpatine put him in place to say, yeah. to get cozy to Padme. I've heard the theory that Palpatine is like manipulating this. I've also heard the theory that it's Jar Jar manipulating Palpatine. Mm. And Jar Jar is actually the master. Yeah. Um, and the reason for that, I don't know if this is in your research, but there is a quote from George Lucas, a recording from George Lucas. That's talking. my final line. So let's okay, not. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, not and yet. the biggest point. 
ruin it yet. Oh no. <laughs> no I think I've researched like this a... theory a lot. Oh. But... You can put got... your input on it too and why it's correct. That, that's what really matters. No. <laughs> I think we kind of already touched on the fact that he's the one that voted to give absolute power to Chancellor Palpatine. Mm -hmm. um, and that that could prove either way that Jar Jar is manipulating Palpatine into place or that Palpatine manipulated Jar Jar to get him to vote that way. Um, I don't know. Yeah I, this, don't... yeah, I don't know if this is in your research, but it has to do with the fact that Jar Jar, the way Jar Jar speaks with his hands is a point that he's using the force to mm -hmm. manipulate and sway the minds of the masses. Which, if he's swaying the minds of the entire Senate, that's extremely powerful for a Jedi mind trick. We've never seen a Jedi mind trick affect more than a handful of people at a time. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that has to do with the, the Jedi do a subtle like manipulation where a Sith is going to come in with brute force and strength. And so would be able to do, would be able to handle a lot more people. Because yes, that was the next point. He uses hand gestures when he <laughs> wants to change someone's opinion. And we see it in like four or five different scenes in the second episode second number two. Cut, attack on the yeah. clones. Fun fact, that just celebrated 20 years. Oh, that makes me feel old. That makes all of us feel old. <laughs> I'm yeah. good. Okay, I, I guess Tosi's fine. <laughs> I'm 24. I'm solid. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jen, it seems like that leaves your, your quote, your quote thing. Yes, uh, the biggest point is that George Lucas one, once claimed that Jar Jar was his favorite Star Wars character, referring to him as key to the whole saga in a making of documentary uh, for The Phantom Menace. While actor Ahmed Best tweeted, it feels really good when the hidden meaning behind the work is seen, no matter how long it takes. So you combine those two things together and it's just like, that's Jar Jar is key. And then the dude that played Jar Jar is saying that there's a hidden meaning behind his character. It has to allude to something. Yeah, I would say so. There's, there's just too much coincidence that all this stuff happens and lines up with Jar Jar in even surviving through all this and giving Palpatine the power and then continuing his work after that. But, I mean, you know, Toasty's probably, or not Toasty, but Teacup's going to come in with all the canon explanation and shoot down what happens to Jar Jar after all of this. <laughs> Teacup's going to crush our dreams. Um, I actually don't think what happens to Jar Jar necessarily disproves or approves the theory. Mm. I just think that what happens to him is actually just kind of sad. If the theory is not true, it's very sad. Um, so Palpatine uh, basically enslaves Jar Jar to be his jester. And then when he is no longer useful to him, he casts him aside and he lives on, he lives on the streets of Naboo as a beggar. Oh, that's sad. Oh. I like to see the fan theory because that's not his like wow. crushing to like a whole Where's like that I saw the prequels. I saw Phantom Menace when I was like seven. And so yeah. like Jar Jar wasn't annoying to me because I was seven. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't really yeah. I didn't really go for that either, to be fair. <clears throat> yeah. I reject your canon and replace it with my own. <laughs> As that is the most Star Wars fandom thing you can do. <laughs> That's that is true. Now, now the thing is too though, like, where where does that leave Jar Jar if he's not a beggar on Naboo? What happens to him? Like, because we don't see him ever again. Uh, in canon, I think it's implied that he dies there. 
as a beggar on Naboo. But Boo. And this thing, I mean, there were a lot of people floating around this theory that he goes somewhere and gets really deformed and he comes back as Snoke. Of course, that was debunked with uh, Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> but hey, yeah. he'll come back with an army from the unknown regions. There we go. He goes down in the region. Ben, let's talk. How many times are they going to do that in the Star Wars universe where someone comes from the unknown regions with an army? Um, every time, because that's the easiest story implement. <laughs> <laughs> it's like super easy to just implement something easy. Here you go. Major villain comes from the unknown regions. That's it. Yeah. We're good. I mean, Thrawn does, for crying out right. loud. I do like, I like the Jar Jar theory. Um, it's probably one of my more well-liked fan theories. Um, I'm not a big fan of fan theories, especially around Star Wars, but I do like the Jar Jar one. <laughs> what if it's all some ploy that Jar Jar is performing? What if his enslavement by Palpatine and his beggar days on Naboo are all just a mind trick that he did to convince people that he was insignificant still? That, that's why I said that what happens in canon doesn't disprove this theory because it the the theory lays out that Jar Jar is this mass master of manipulation and he plays himself the fool and so what better way to be close to Palpatine than be his personal jester? Nobody pays attention to because, the Joker, right? Mm-hmm. And because every other like force sensitive or person who shows power who gets close to Palpatine is put in worse enslavement in their own right. I mean, I'm obviously not an expert, but uh, I I imagine that, like, Force users have resistance, but they're not completely immune to, like, mind tricks, are they? It's not conclusive on what that happens, because, like, they're... Jedi's mind, Force user's mind can become clouded. Like, so Palpatine uses the dark side of the Force and a, like, basically Sith altar that's underneath the Jedi Temple to mask his presence from the Jedi. So it's not, it's not to say that jar, another strong Force Sith use Sith or Force user could do the same thing. Um, and Jedi can mask their presence too in, like, hiding out which is especially if you go somewhere that is like a strong nexus of the force you kind of like blend into the background mm-hmm. which is why um it'll be one yoda, goes to, yoda, yeah, and yoda goes to dagobah because dagobah is a force nexus that he can hide in yep or for even so, though like you know old republic all the old jedi masters and kotor too right. every planet was a force nexus or a you know s- some sort of stain in the dark side or some way or another but everything shows that a jedi or a force user can resist pretty indefinitely a incursion into their mind whether that's a subtle jedi mind trick or like the mental extraction that the sith do because we watch um ray fend off kylo with no problem and she has no training that's just pure <laughs> talent and power. That's what I'm going to go with. We'll go with that. <laughs> I have opinions that I will not voice. <laughs> I think that's most uh, well, That might be a fan. No, I'm kidding. That, that's for the after party. That's the after party. After party. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Gosh. So I have to ask then, what, what's y'all's favorite fan theory? If you have one. That's not Darth Jar Jar. <laughs> I have one ready if you need to think, Ben. Honestly, Darth Jar Jar is probably one of my favorite ones because I, I mean I don't really look into the fan theories of Star Wars too much. I was I was looking up some before the show today, and all the ones I've been seeing, they were all debunked with the sequel series. Mm-hmm. It's like a Star Killer base from Endor. No, it's clearly Ilum. <laughs> it's an ice planet for crying out loud. I so my favorite fan theory isn't really a fan theory per se but it's more of a headcanon but it's mine that Darth Vader lets Luke win in 
mm. in Return of the Jedi. Um, mm-hmm. Solely much like to solve the thing of like, how does Luke, who has two years of training, beat someone like Vader, who is not only like, yes, he's in the shell of Anakin Skywalker and Anakin's skill, but he's still a force to be reckoned with that is not easily overpowered. Uh, and but, I, I have something funny. Uh, Darth Vader is technically the Grandmaster of the Jedi Order by Return of the Jedi. That's, that is true. Because <laughs> so, he was the, only, the only one Jedi. on the council that still survived. Everybody else is dead. So therefore, yes. by default, he's Grandmaster of the Jedi Council. Correct. Um, but so, but my theory is, is that from the moment that Vader realizes that Luke is alive and that Padme's children li- lived, that he turns at that moment. Um, he's always trying to overthrow Palpatine because that's the way of the Sith. That's the rule of two. The apprentice always seeks to overthrow the master. But mm-hmm. it's at that moment that he learns that his child is alive, that he is able to start to turn from the dark side. And I, my theory is, is that he can't harm Luke. He lets Luke win, not because he's like his son or he believes in the light, but because when he looks at Luke, he sees Padme. And he sees his option to make something better than himself, than his past choices. His moment of redemption is to help Luke and go with Luke when. Well, and it's also why he didn't. It's also why he doesn't like outright kill Leia. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, she was on the ship and he decides to just lock her up instead of taking out a political rival. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that Luke's speech um, to Vader on the uh, the Imperial Walker before they go up to the Death Star is you should watch them side by side with Padme's speech to him in Revenge of the Sith. Um, Because they both basically, if you kind of put them on side, there's things where they both say, come with me almost happen like in really close sequence to each other um and like come with me get away from here we can leave the emperor um and it's an interesting like dynamic there because to padme anakin says we don't have to run i'm so powerful i can overthrow the emperor when luke says come with me vader says i must obey my master and so there's that thing of like I want to but I can't so I think that when Luke and when they first clash sabers it's not Vader protecting Palpatine it's stopping Luke from killing Palpatine Yeah. and when Vader goads Luke into attacking him by talking about Leia it's not a sense to like goad him into turning to the dark side it's that Anakin knows that Luke has to feel what it's like to give in to anger Luke has to feel what it's like to feel that emotion to be able to say no this is not what I want to embrace and it's in that moment when Vader lets him see that they both the kinship between the robotic hands is what like turns Luke and reminds him no this is not who I want to be so yeah that's my Head fan theory, head canon. For I mean, how a five year training Jedi beats a master top of the order. Who's been Sith training Lord. for his life? 30 some years. 40 I years. Think. 40? Yeah. And with how strong in the Force they always depict Vader to be, I guess more, more so nowadays, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. every time you see Vader doing something, like he typically walks into a room and things just start getting crushed because his his force power is so strong so that's why the uh, end of fallen order is so terrifying (laughs) that was a hype ending you know it there's an awesome comic quote where Vader goes to a planet and he gets surrounded and they're like yelling at him he's like I'm surrounded and Vader's response is I'm surrounded by fear and dead men is that the one where isn't that the comic where he meets uh, Padme's handmaiden? Or no? I can't remember if that's where that comes from, but that's a good comic series. That is Dark a good Vader comic 2020 series. Comic mm-hmm. series, if you want to learn. 
that it's it's sick and supports my fan theory that is true that's true so i uh get in the mid break because we are like halfway through i think yeah sure let's go ahead all right all right welcome to the middle of the show where we take time to thank our patrons and so our patrons genesis and toasty thank you for your support yay um if you like to support us you can find the link to our patreon in the discord there are various tiers with various benefits that you can get in there another great way to support the show is to go to spotify or apple and leave us a rating or review on apple you can leave us five stars and some words and we'll we'll read that on a future episode of the show ben we do not have a review this week no no we do not have this week um i just got it hooked up to where i can see international ones too now so anybody even like i know we have some listeners in the uk if you want to put in a review i will be able to read it now yeah um if you'd like to chat with us you can find all of us on the robots radio discord or everyone is also in our in the cups podcasting and more which is the personal server for this podcast and the other podcasts that i host with my other host uh, she cup the dragon age lore cast and the assassin's creed lore cast so yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's get back to more fan theories and or anything Star Wars at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, we're back. <laughs> There's hey. your death scream, Toasty. There it is. Yay. Yep. <clears throat> so, Ben, do you have a favorite theory or headcanon? Not I mean what you said lines up to what I think with like Luke and then Dark Jar Jar being one of my fan favorite fan theories. I don't really per se have a fan theory or a headcanon. More the fact that I really wish they would bring back more characters from Legends into canon. Um Work today, I was literally talking to someone literally about well Revan for one. Well he's technically canon name alone but still um i was talking to someone today like bring back star killer it's like that would be awesome it's just they have to do it the right way right you also have to change his backstory like a lot at this point right it's too for me star killer is too difficult for with the inquisitors he can't just mesh into the inquisitors he's too strong in a lot of ways he's too strong if you take the book version of him he is actually more on par with obi-wan if you take the book version Mm. because that is quote-unquote the legends version of star killer not the game version the game version they overpower the crap out of him because you know it's a game (laughs) right but uh, yeah, in the book, he's actually more on par with Obi Wan, and in the books, he follows the light side storyline from Force Unleashed. So he does die at the very end, which created the rebellion and his death. But if they bring him back, because originally, and I I watched an interview with Sam Witwer, who voices Darth Maul, and he voices Palpatine later in the Clone Wars. Originally, he was going to be the Grand Inquisitor. Starkiller was going to be originally the Grand Inquisitor. But Dave Filoni is like, oh no, we're not going to do that because everybody knows him from the games and he's stronger than Darth Vader, so why are we going to have a villain who's stronger than Vader in the first season? Right. So, but I mean, they technically could bring him back. It's just, I don't think they ever will. But what we need to do is, you know, go back to Old Republic. That's all we need. We need Star Wars right now. Toasty looks like he has opinions. I know, Toasty has... <laughs> Not opinions, just things. Things. Just things. Just things? Uh, just things. I don't want to say anything. Um, actually, Are they Obi-Wan about... spoilers? 
Quite possibly. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so I know Ben hasn't watched it. Have you watched it, Jen? No, I haven't yet. Okay. I literally got home from work and then had 10 minutes until the show started. That's fair. Appreciate the leg in your background, Jen. Uh, <laughs> it's my daughter on the bed. She's not. <laughs> it just keeps popping into existence and out. It's, <laughs> it's fine. Um, no, no, I I, uh, I stayed an hour late at work yesterday, so I would get overtime and be forced to leave an hour early today so I could get home and watch Obi-Wan uh, with my wife before she had to go to work. Uh, very calculated. Um, so, yes, I, I've seen I've seen the first I've seen the two episodes. Uh, <clears throat> probably the most hype I've been for a Star Wars thing in a while. Um <clears throat> And, uh, but I guess if we're talking headcanon, I got, I got a headcanon. I don't know how people generally feel about it. Um, but my headcanon is, is that, and this, this is probably, I don't know, um, that Anakin did bring balance to the force. Hmm. Like, Um, you mean talking about like when at the end of return? No, no, Revenge of the Sith. <clears throat> oh. Because, so, if, like, obviously, when I think balance, I think, like, like, equal on both sides. And there was, like, with the sheer amount of Jedi that there were in, like, positions of power with, uh, with, like, you know, I guess what is that age? The High Republic or whatever. Well, um, yeah, we have the High Republic now, where there's just like hundreds, and we, I mean, we there's a good fair amount in the Clone War era. Yeah, okay. it's called it's like it in canon and legends. It's referred to as different things because like Tarkin refers to the Senate as a relic of the old Republic. Uh, That's true. When they dis- like when they get rid of it in A New Hope, but. You could say that, like, the Republic we see in the prequels is, like, the falling Republic. Like, it's at the end of its life. Yeah, Republican decline. Okay. Uh, yeah. But basically, there's so many of them, and they're all in power, and there's only, like, two Sith, just because that's how the Sith work. Um, <clears throat> but at the end of it, uh, you have you have Palpatine, and Anakin slash Vader, and then you have technically, uh, I mean, yes, there's a bunch of them still kind of like on the run, but they're all like in decline. The only significant ones are uh, Yoda and Obi-Wan, and then Yoda and Luke. So there's kind of like basically two significant Jedi at all times at that, like in those movies. Well, even with the survivors, outside of Obi-Wan and Luke right now, and Seer Junda, all the rest of them are Padawans. Even Ahsoka. Like, Ahsoka's at the end of her training, and, like, but she's not even a Jedi, technically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she doesn't doesn't walk the path of the Jedi. And, and, well, we'll get more of Cal Kestis later with the new game coming out in next year. Which he's a Jedi Knight. He's a Jedi point. Knight at that point because he gets knighted towards the end of the first game. Yeah. But it's also during the same time as Rebels. So who to say what? I mean, something, obviously something's going to happen to him. Yeah. And that's kind of right. set in stone. Yeah. And if you like calculate that, like all of them, like all of the... the Padawans or like uh, the the Jedi that survived there in decline and then balance it with the fact that the Inquisitors are a thing, it still remains a balancing force. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, I can see that. So I, I do. I I typically tend to think that even though you're not supposed to think that that's a good thing because all the good people died and the bad people are in charge now, that just because the good stuff turns bad doesn't mean that that's imbalanced. So. So believe it or not, George Luke, this is one of the more clear things George Lucas has said to us. Uh, um, 
he says, and I don't think it disproves your theory, but he says when he talks about balance in Star Wars, balance of the force, it refers to a cease of conflict between the light side and dark side, not a point of like, there's equal parts light and dark, but like that they're no longer in conflict with each other. So you could argue that like, at least at the end of Revenge of the Sith, they're not in conflict because the dark side won. I was um, like, they're not. Yeah, the light side yeah. is no longer a thing. So right. if you're talking George Lucas terms, yes. Uh, that is true. <clears throat> but it's also like, it's all kinds of messed up without that because like the whole Mortis arc just throws a whole nother wrench into the pile of like, sorry, Jen, these are spoilers for Clone Wars, but uh, if you haven't seen it, I don't know if you've seen Clone Wars or not. She looks offended, so I think <laughs> she has. I didn't know. I don't like to assume. There were a lot of Star you Wars fans. You just assume that she didn't see Clone Wars. No. There are a lot of Star Wars fans, me included, who did not watch Clone Wars until much later in its time. Because it was four kids. Uh, well, yeah. okay. So, I have not watched it, but I'm offended that you think I care about spoilers. Oh, oh I guess that's just... Never mind. You know what? Fair. I've tried really hard to avoid spoilers for Dragon Age for you. And oh, I haven't I know. done. <laughs> I know. And I know this. And I, I mean, this is totally in a tangent, but it's what I'm here for. Um, Y'all yeah. do so like, like, you're like, I've heard you literally say my name. I know Genesis is working through Inquisition right now, so I don't want to spoil this for her. I was like, I have listened to your podcast since day one when it came or like every yeah, single all, episode i know spoiler. what happens <laughs> <laughs> yes but so anyway anakin basically results in the death of like the personification of the force and so like what what does that mean <laughs> yeah too much <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's too heavy honestly i do like I, your your point on like the the Clone Wars being for kids is just like obviously I'm not like throwing shade at that that kind of ideology like you know you do you um, but I just generally don't like consider that something because I've watched the entirety of Avatar: The Last Airbender multiple times and everyone says that that is a that is a show for kids. I'm sorry. Shows for kids don't address genocide in episode three. That's just not how it works. Or and the murder. lessons you can learn from that show. Yeah. <laughs> right the in the beginning. you can learn from that show apply to literally anyone. So you can I'm, call it a kid's show. Uh, that and it may have had that intention, everything. but it is, it is something that anyone can benefit from. And I consider the same thing from Clone Wars. No, you're absolutely right. And I will say that there are very, very adult themes that exist in Clone Wars. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, they they actually like straight up like I get it. Um, but like generally speaking, when you think of like with how Disney fied stuff gets or whatever, like the Clone Wars is like they just kill people. <laughs> A lot. I didn't realize well, just how much people died. Clone die. Wars was also not owned by Disney until after it was finished. But it's like, even if you think about it as a kid's show, like, they don't generally blatantly oh, kill true. people that much. But even, like, shows, so. look at season seven. That's done by Disney. That's true. And I'll that's the worst one. I think of it's a Mando. <laughs> and a Baby Yoda. Oh. Hey. We, I, I have that Gurgudo. I can't go get my keychains. My keychain has Mando on it. My wife says Baby Yoda. <laughs> I have. Um... I just asked the kid to go grab a few of her Grogu's. <gasps> Does this one talk? Oh, it's the talking <laughs> one. Apparently, it talks. I sell it that talks. in my store. <laughs> oh gosh. I don't have readily accessible Star Wars stuff. It's I have like a bunch things, of stuff sitting in front of me. Like, I have my droid, my lightsaber. I have holocrons. So, uh, I, I just... have this. All my other ones are on another wall. But, uh... I think I'll just sit here like this for the rest of the show. <laughs> I really like the school of the us. wolf flag, though. All I got, all I got is, a, is a Lego Millennium Falcon that's very tiny and Qui-Gon Jinn 
pop because uh, my wife said that I look like him. That was back when I had brown hair, so I actually it, it kind of. I could see that I'll, actually. I'll Ooh. tell you this. Um, Toasty, she cut today. Said she thinks Ben looks like the actor who plays Uncle Owen. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Holy Wilhelm scream! <laughs> this is what happens to me. Harry, we'll do this. Who's your favorite character? If you had to pick one. Ooh. Okay, I'll let you so difficult. Pick one from each trilogy. You can ignore the sequels if you want. (laughs) I often do. No. (laughs) (laughs) I want Ben to answer first just because I wanna wanna... specifically from the movies or any character? Any character. By far Darth Revan. Revan in general, he is... I know that's a lot of fan, f- fan favorites. But, like, playing the old games, old KOTOR games, and, like, reading the books, and, like, seeing what they do with him now in the Old Republic MMO, his character development and his story just never ends. And it's just fantastic to see. And he's such a fan favorite that I'm more than likely going to bring him back anyway, so... Hmm. see i don't i'm not i'm not a huge versed star wars fan so like i know of darth revan but basically all the information i have on darth revan is from y'all so like i i haven't looked them up at all i just know that he looks like a complete badass with one red and one purple and it's like well i mean that's cool that that's that's all i got (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> summary up he was a jedi who was then turned to the dark side ran his own sith empire got defeated by another jedi was the jedi erased his memory he became a jedi again destroyed the sith and married the jedi who defeated him okay yeah it's it's a yes, whole uh... giant thing it's epic. <laughs> I don't know if KOTOR is on your list, Jen, but there are romances. Oh, that's true. Yes, that no, is true. Uh, KOTOR is on the list big time because it is one of the very first uh, video games that you actually get to pick who you romance. Um, so it is on the list for sure. Thank God, by the way. And KOTOR is slated, too. It's, it's slated for 2024. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't actually know. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. Okay. <laughs> well, we they get to Dragon to Age 2 before KOTOR. It's crazy. Yes. Yeah. DA2 oh. comes before KOTOR. Oh, man. Uh, but SWOTOR is on the list, too. Yes. Because I remember who I romanced in SWOTOR. In fact, when I got back on my ship the other day, I was like, I forgot I had a husband in this game. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, sad. Oh, no. She did it again. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I I think personally I'm a real big fan of Ahsoka. I would have to I say she has the best character development in all of canon. Her character development is great. I, I just, yeah. And, and like I was, I mean obviously with Mandalorian. And that was an unfortunate thing because my wife didn't quite understand some of the things that they did for the Mandalorian that are just like all of like the Star Wars fans who understand were like, oh, oh, but yeah, uh, yeah, no, that was one of the most exciting episodes for me for Mandalorian. It's almost like, oh my god, they're going to, they're gonna have a soak. <laughs> yeah, watching it with my dad is like, it's fun watching it with my dad, but he has mm-hmm. no, he, he's in his later years <laughs> um he doesn't watch animation stuff so he's like who's that and it's like obviously she's a jedi but like technically she's not and it's like what the hell like what <laughs> it's like give, me ask me all these questions this like <laughs> what is right. all this going on it's like oh is this 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 right we explained 
Ahsoka to my mom before the, the season two of Mando came out because our dog's name is Snips, obviously, <laughs> after Ahsoka. Um, and so we had to explain to her how it was a Star Wars reference. I had a coworker that I called Snips. Hmm. I had to train her, and so it was just like, you are Snips now. <laughs> She didn't understand it at all, and I was like, "Just shut up! It brings me joy." (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm gonna be a stereotype, and my favorite character overall is Luke. And I know that's basic as whatever, but I stand by it. And particularly, Sith. Yes. Basic as force. Uh, Ah, there you go. That's a good F word. Basic as force. Yes. Um, and so I really like Luke. I think that I like his view on the Jedi. I've read a lot in the post uh, Return of the Jedi canon, and Luke gets just a lot more, or post Return of the Jedi Legends, not canon. And Luke just gets more more development in there. But my favorite Luke quote actually comes from Battlefront 2 uh, in the mission where you play as Luke. Uh, where he talks to um, Can I have the this? imperial person, and he says he basically he's basically talking to this empire person who's having doubts. And Luke says, "You always have a choice." And the guy's like, "Oh, what? Choose the rebellion?" And Luke says, "No, a choice to be better," um, which I think is just really sums up his character and where he is. It's one of my favorite Star Wars quotes of all time. That's I mean that mission itself was awesome yeah. uh, it's just like you walk in as random empire person number 47 and then it's just yeah. like oh i have to go through this entire thing with luke skywalker awesome <laughs> no matter how bad the animation of his character model is it's, yeah i mean story is all that matters yeah yeah <laughs> that's all that matters that's all really jin uh, I know, and I'm gonna join Teacup on the basic as force uh, list because I really think Leia's my favorite. As a kid, she was a freaking idol, man. Not only, I mean, one, her hair was always awesome, but there's always something really meaningful to me when a woman can progress and then have children and her story doesn't end there mm. um so whether it's in the books or in the movies leia is always a mother and her there's no other word besides badassery doesn't stop there you know she continues to go on she becomes an extremely powerful like a force sensitive in some some lores and of powerful force users in other but why are you hiding from me toasty don't worry about it yeah don't worry about it don't worry about it (laughs) just um jen my only recommendation to you is have tissues when you watch kenobi Oh no! <laughs> I mean, in a Wait, good way. In a good way. Is... In a good oh, way. Oh, tears of joy. Okay. Oh, yes. I was like, I was and like sweet. meaningful, <laughs> meaningfulness. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, no. They... Uh, I was about to say, it's like, what? I'm gonna cry already. <laughs> I mean, you too. will cry. You will cry. Okay. It hits you in the gut oh, right God. away. So. I <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, that's fair. I didn't cry, but I'm an emotionless bastard, so. Mm. Oh, it's true. It's fine. I cry um, enough for the both of us. I cry enough for the both of us. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, so I, I think watching Leia evolve over, I mean, I read, I, I read the movies. I saw the movies as a kid and watching her grow up and watching everything that she evolves to and then as an adult watching her in the final movie number nine whatever it is um it's just like that's who i am and that's who i I don't know i see a lot of parallels and a lot of you should see her in legends like she if you like her a lot in the canon of the movies her and legends 
holy crap. She um like she's a constant using her lightsaber. It's it's great. Decimating everything. <laughs> if you want something canon that I think is the one of the best books of the new canon books, uh Le- read Leia Princess of Alderaan. Um Ooh. it's that- set bef- it's set before the original trilogy. Um and it just gives you a lot of insight into what's going on before Leia, you know, we see her in A New Hope. Um, it's one of my better books that I have read from the new canon. Um, probably up there with the Padme trilogy and Master and Apprentice from mm. the Obi-Wan. I just Oregon. got done finishing all the High Republic stuff finally, and I just started Brotherhood. So, so far so good, but I'm only like in 30 minutes of that book. So, we shall see. Leia, Princess of Alderaan. You'll love it, Jen. Okay. I should start throwing Star Wars books on my, yeah. my audiobook list. Yeah. Also, Padme ranks up pretty high for me, too, and not just because I had a crush on Natalie Portman. <laughs> Didn't we all? (laughs) (laughs) Star Wars, Marvel. (laughs) I mean, I thought it was over it. And then, like, I saw the trailers for for Thor Love and Thunder, and I was like, okay, I don't know. Maybe it's not gone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Huh. A core childhood memory has just unlocked. Oh, no. All right. <laughs> no, we're good. Jane, it's not. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I have a question. Okay. It's, it's a speed round. Don't elaborate. Just answer. Uh, Is it like a gut thing? So don't think about it either. Well, you can think about it, but just don't take too long. Um, here I am demanding things on your podcast. Well, it's <laughs> who, who, who would have expected any different? Um That's- it's true. If you could be a one, I, I'm going to say species uh, from from Star Wars, what would you be? Have I'm a creature of the water, so my first response, I don't know, but it's, it was a Gungan, just because I think mermaids were my favorite as a kid, and being able to do the acrobatics underwater would be freaking awesome. I don't know if I've seen a whole lot of underwater acrobats it's like that. Nautilins. Yeah, I was going to say Nautilins again. I feel that um, one a bit more. My gut told me Twi'lek, but I have no idea why. Maybe I want the sex appeal. I don't know. I guess whatever. <laughs> Personally, I would probably go Jen with... Jen is uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, I was, like, not going to lie, like... Uh, it's, not trying to hit on you or anything, of course. Um, but I've been like every time the camera goes to you, I'm just staring directly at your eyes because I've not interacted with you before and your eyes are gorgeous. I just like to point that out. I have not really talked to you before, but I was just like, whoa, I can't look away. So, <laughs> thank you. Well, but anyway, no, I do think that we legs are cool. Um, and they're like one of the first aliens we see in Star Wars, so. Aren't they, they're think, the ones with the big blue thing that like wraps around their neck, right? No, no, they're not the ones that wrap around their neck. No, they well, they can wrap. They can well, they wrap around wrap your them, neck. But they're the two with the tendrils from just two tendrils yeah. from their head going down. So let, let's pack. talk to you about how that's one of the species with head tails, and there's like yeah. seventeen. Star and a half. Well, <laughs> Star Wars Anatomy Time. If they come. From, if they come down like this, they're called Leku, which both Twi'leks and Tortuga have. If they come up out of your hair like this, they're called like. Did you say Tortuga? Did you say Tortuga? You mean Tegrudas? Tegrudas, whatever. Tortugas from Pirates of the Caribbean. Y'all, go listen to the Assassin's Creed lore cast and you will understand that I cannot pronounce anything. It's okay. Um, all right, Ben, hit us. Zabrak. Yeah. All right. Oh, Zabrak's a good one. Um, light the um, tan, not the red, not like Maul's coloring, but like Saba's um, coloring. Okay. Okay. I appreciate that answer. 
toasty. Uh, my runner-up choice is Lerman. Um, just because. Are those, the, are those the, like, the lemurs? lemurs people? Yes. <laughs> okay. And they roll out like droidicas, and it's incredible. <laughs> um, the ones who are like, we don't want to fight, and then, oh, well, we're going to fight anyway. <laughs> Look, I just, I'm just saying, that was a lot of growth for a whole entire civilization in two episodes, okay? Um, Fair point. That's true. But my my top answer is uh I don't know, is this Darth Marion or Darth Marion? Darth Marion? Mm-hmm. Um which uh I guess similar to Zabrak, but um Yes. Um, different planet of origin, I think is the difference. Mm. Um, so Zabrak's I know they're are usually from, closely related though. Yeah, yeah they Zabrak's are. are from Iridonia. Um so Zabrak Iridonian are kind of similar interchangeable mm-hmm. terms and uh, then what you would call like a knight brother what maul is and what savage oppress is those are technically from dathomir oh well i specifically picked dathomirian female <laughs> like <laughs> mother talzin or like assage uh mother talzin probably oh you don't want to shave your hair to be bald like assage no. What about I, I, um, I like uh, the 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 night sisters are just so cool. What about so, uh, um, what's her name from Fallen Order? Oh, Marin. Uh, Marin. Marin. Yeah. 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 Same thing. Yeah. The last I, that, surviving. Yeah, that was like kind of I guess because I, I don't remember quite as much from Clone Wars, but it's definitely like Fallen Order is still fresh in my memory. Mm. So, but yeah. Do you want to be able? Do you want the powers too? So you want to be like to raise all your uh, fallen brethren and sisters from the dead? Absolutely. (laughs) What what kind of question is that? (laughs) Just you know. So I just posted in the Patreon chat of the Cups uh, Discord server uh, the reason of my immediate reaction to Teacup saying that he wanted to be a Twi'lek because that is the most recent image I have seen of one. So that's what popped into my head when you said that. Uh, and so I was like, I wait a minute. <laughs> the, yeah, I guess the male Twi'leks do have like where it kind of... It comes depends. around typically because they have like it seems like they have like fatter yeah, tails. Right. So I don't know. Unless you're on well, the like Ryloth. it's interesting. There's not well, many I guess on Ryloth. the younger Twi'leks we see in uh, Clone Wars. They do have shorter leku, like they're not. So they do grow like normal appendages and hair. I guess I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. yeah, I don't think they grow hair. Yeah. Yeah. No. That was my question. I'm good. I'm satisfied. Well, that's good. <laughs> well, I think that's... Sith Jedi Rebellion. Ooh. Wait, what? That's a that's an obvious answer on my part. Um D Mandalorian. Ooh. Ooh. E Grey Knight. That's me. I'm that's a Jedi. Grey Knight. Gray Jedi, come on. Gray Jedi, whatever. But that that implies allegiances. I don't want to have allegiances. Fine, be a gray Sith. Well, fair enough. That still implies allegiances. I mean, if you want to talk about no allegiance or anything, if you read the High Republic novels, they're a part of the Jedi Order. They're called Wayseekers. And they're literally Jedi from the Order who leave and do their own thing. But they're still part of the Order, but they don't con- don't talk to the Order whatsoever. Hmm. It's a very interesting concept. Honestly, just be a Mandalorian Jedi. They, oh, yeah, Even though there's go. only ever been one, one. in existence. <laughs> I, have, I have not heard about that, but okay. That's where they you get will. the Dark Saber. Oh, are you gonna be Grogu? Is that who you're? Yeah. Gonna be? <laughs> whatever yeah. species, what he, whatever he is. The worst mistake Mandalorian did was naming that thing. It's a baby Yoda. And he never named it though. All right. No, no. I have. They gave it a name because oh, it had they. A name. Well, yeah. 
I have one little more fun fact to go, and then we can wrap up the show for the night. As a kid, my mom bought me a a baby a a little Yoda because it was a Yoda at that time. Uh, you pressed his hand, and he gave you little prophecies. Basically, everything that you would hear from a magic eight ball came out of Yoda's mouth, but in like the way that Yoda would phrase it. Again, later you shall try. Um, but I didn't like the fact that Yoda was a boy. So I painted his nails candy apple red, painted his little toenails a beautiful purple, gave him eyeshadow, eyeliner, the whole shebang. So I have a Yodina. Yodina. Yodina still exists and is on a shelf in my childhood bedroom. That's awesome. There's also Yaddle. We do have Yaddle, technically. No. Jen doesn't Yodina. care about that. Eh, no, nope. <laughs> no one. I mean, I mean, not many people do care about Yato. She's in one scene of Phantom Menace, and funny enough, they've actually used her in the High Republic stuff recently, and for like a maybe a page of dialogue. That's it. <laughs> Have gets... they named Yoda's species? No, nope. it's just called a Yoda. <laughs> Pretty much. It's so interesting. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> they haven't <laughs> named it at all, and. Over 40 years. Uh, when she got first got into Star Wars, she would say the species by the character that she associated with it. So Rodians were a Greedo. He's a Greedo. <laughs> or, me too, uh, she cut me too. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, he's a Plo Koon. Or, uh, I guess you do say Twi'lek. But, but yeah, I think the we, we're pretty good on this episode, I think. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Uh, thanks for listening. And yeah, we'll see you next week. Yeah. And may the force be with you. And also with you. Yes. Thank you for listening to Holocron Histories Star Wars Canon versus Legends. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at SWHoloHistories and contact us at holocronhistories at gmail.com. Ever wanted to be a content creator but had no clue where to begin? Come join me as I sit down with content creators that have already faced the challenges you're up against as they discuss the tips and tricks that help them be successful here on The Content Creator's Guide, available wherever podcasts can be found.